Topag, and I'm Arthur. Oh! I'm single Donovan. Uh, oh. oh, boy. But we're oh, on no. episode two since I've been single, Donovan. We recorded, folks, let's give an update at the top. The episodes were delayed because I'm going through a breakup, and these things are hard. And so we recorded a Patreon yesterday uh, in which I was in a sad place. Mm-hmm, I, I talked mm-hmm. about it, and it felt good to get it out there. And I continued the momentum into today. I have gotten things done. I did some yoga. Mm. It went really well. I made like some progress on on some specific like uh, flexibility type stuff. Mm. Uh, I went to the grocery store. I did dishes. I got a I got a book, The Lost Dinosaurs of Egypt, per Edge's recommendation from that bonus episode I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the history of the discovery of the only Spinosaurus fossil before it was destroyed in World War II during the bombing of Dresden, I think. Fascinating. It's a fucking cool-ass story. And then this paleontologist was a Nazi in charge of the museum. This guy's like, I got this only Spinosaurus fossil. Let's get it the fuck out of here. Uh, but it got blasted. But another one came around later, but like decades and decades later. Anyways, I'm ex- I started a book. It's a very good story. I'm, I'm excited about that so far. All to say I'm in better spirits than yesterday, uh, but we're we're hanging in there. We're, Hell yeah. We're, we're fighting against the current of depression and anxiety. And fighting mightily. Uh, we're processing what, loss in a healthy fashion. Powerful. As far as what I got going on, I'm out of town. This is the first uh, remote recording from my end. Um, using my friend's laptop, and uh, I'm chilling at her house for uh, for the evening. And uh, so far, we made a like an LGBT pride display for my workplace because, as the resident yeah. queer homosexual, I was uh, tasked with the creation of a of a pride celebration poster for the break room. Very cool, very inclusive. Um, what else did we do? We had noodles and company. That was delicious. Free plugs That's for them. Times. <laughs> and uh, and now we're we're gonna play Crash Bandicoot as that is uh, her favorite video game series. So oh, a good Rock pick, a good pick. That fucking Bandicoot going buck wild with the spin moves. Mario is quite tame in comparison. I always yeah. liked that about Crash. She was like, oh no, you think this is just a platformer? Do 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 do. No, I'm a fucking Bandicoot, and he spins, and there's a mask and shit. I, I played that, one of those. I think that Crash Bandicoot represents a midpoint between Sonic's radical tude and Ooh. Mario's kind of stayed. Ooh. Uh, he represents sort of like a third way. <laughs> like he is yeah. the third way politics of, of uh, mascot platformers. See, I'm thinking in terms of evolution because I got dinosaurs on the brain. And I'm thinking mm. first Mario came around to fill the jumping and squishing mushrooms ecological niche, right? And then we got to mix it up. Whoa, it turns out spinning is pretty effective. Now we got this crash species of platform fellas. I can't remember how he kills his prey. I think just by spinning at it. Spinning Uh, and jumping, of course. Sliding. And then what happens when you take that rotation around a, a vertical axis you put it sideways and you just spin it up so much fucking faster that's Sonic the hedgehog baby i see what you're saying you're uh as as sometimes happens in paleontology your timeline is is messed up based on the evidence that you had in your mind because Sonic the hedgehog greatly predates crash bandicoot uh well revealing yourself as a non-paleo head arthur uh clearly you haven't heard of uh donovan's paradigm uh (laughs) in which species can be related skipping out of time they have no care for the flow of events what's this crash here whoa in the now in the past there's a fucking sonic zooming around it fucked up the whole timeline (laughs) you know what i'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm here educating people. Uh, I'm two <laughs> chapters into this book, and uh, now I fully understand uh, the the evolution uh, from Italian plumber to whatever a bandicoot is, uh, <laughs> and to everybody's favorite delightful uh, spinny boy, Sonic the Hedgehog himself. Simply must go fast. You simply must. Uh, well, speaking of going fast... 
we got a lot of questions. We should probably hop into these. Uh oh fuck, but as because Arthur is remote, I am on drop duty. Yeah. Uh dangerous power to put in my hands. I actually forgot until just now, uh, because I need to bring in the question box. But hey, it's the question box. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, oh! We're fucking dancing hard in there. Vibing. That, that song never fails to bang. Because uh, it's the question box, folks. The segment of the show where you listen. You can send your questions into us. And we'll do our best to answer them. If you'd like to do that, you can find a link to that there question box on our website, rftb.me, or on our social media, uh, at Radio Free Tote Bag on Instagram, or at rftbpod on Twitter. Don't have to make an account. You just click that box link. You just type your question into the box that's in that box link, the sort of text box, and then it comes to us. How about that? Boxes on boxes on boxes on boxes. It's like a Russian nesting doll of boxes, which I guess is just gradually shrinking box sizes, and you could put them in each other. <laughs> Anyways, we got a whole bunch of stuff this week, and uh, I'm going to come in with this one. A little follow-up tonight, last week. Dear Arthur, I am writing to you regarding the recent fuck, Mary kill question posed to you involving Frasier characters. Mm-hmm. I would fuck Niles and marry Daphne. Mm. Why do we assume that the Mary option involves no sex? If Daphne and I were together, we'd be fucking 25 eight. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. But yeah, kill Martin. That way I get Eddie. Yeah. Uh, a cab and you get a sick dog. Like, Was this a yeah. good Frasier take? I think this is a great Frasier take. Um, okay. Yeah, I'd, maybe this is a problem with uh, fuck, marry, kill generally, but it's, it feels like the marriage option is sexless. It's for some reason, I feel that that's the case. Really an indictment of uh, heteronormativity and oh, yeah. monogamous, you know, culture just bleeding into everything. And that's how we end up with uh, whatever character you were just talking about. Do you think polygamists play Mary, Mary, Mary? <laughs> One pod fact, uh, it turns out some great aunt or something of mine was one of Joseph Smith's wives. One of his many, many wives. Did I talk about this? I can't remember if I talked about this. You talked a bit about the Mormonism, but I didn't know that you were so close to the prophet. Yeah. Two fun facts uh, came out of uh, my sisters digging around in the old ancestry records. Uh, Yeah, one of them was, was that one of Joseph Smith's many wives. Uh, and the other was that there's a little incest, like three generations Ooh. up. No big deal. It happens. <laughs> I think it was first cousins, possibly. Hey. <laughs> as long as it wasn't um, fucking brother, sister. That's true. And uh, back to the fucking evolution type stuff. I-, I suspect that the mutation coming in from that cheeky little bit of inbreeding is what makes me so good at the podcasting. So you're suggesting that people with inbreeding in their history are better at podcasting? But it can't be no, but it can't be too much. I'm saying partic- maybe various things they could be better at. Because too much of that, oh, okay, we got too much of the same genetics in here. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, typically uh, immune a, system like For science reasons, that's not good. Bad things happen, but a little bit of that, maybe you just got an extra pinky or something. Or maybe you just got like an extra vocal cord. To really get that, <laughs> you've got like, you got the grit cord, you've yeah, the, the gravel cord, <laughs> right. Uh, and now, as I will go on uh, in the way of my ancestors to have so many wives, maybe we can pass the grit cord, the grit cord, all down through the line. Everybody will have a mustache; it'll be great. It's like a rip cord. That's funny. Delightful. I have pull the. Pull the grit, the grit cord. cord. Oh, oh, God. Okay, we pulled it too hard. Uh, Incredible. 
Maybe we should do like a Frasier watch through because it exposed me to it. Maybe that. Could oh, be I wanted good. to mention. Uh, so when we talked about Frasier fucking last week, I mentioned that I had not finished the final season. I finally took it upon myself to finish the final season, and that bitch just ends. That show, like oh. it's it's really weird. It feels like they didn't really write much of a finale, but uh, it does end on like kind of a sweet note in an interesting way, and. Uh, yeah, I highly, I highly recommend Frasier, even though Kelsey Grammer kind of fash. Uh, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But, but I'd Frasier down with you. The people seem to be interested in it. We do seem to get a lot of follow up on Frasier adjacent yeah. things. Let's Frasier it up. Let's do a fucking Frasier watch. Frasier watch. All right. If you're hey, if you're out there listening, you're like, that's a good idea. Message us and make be like, hey, I'd be interested in that, and maybe we'll do it. That could ooh, be good. Ooh, I just nailed it. We might edit this out. Um, let's make it a Patreon stretch goal that, like, if we get to X number of Patreon subscribers, then we're going to do a Frasier series. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'm into that. Well, coming back in to the question box here, uh, we've loosened the grip on the grit cord a little bit. <laughs> Getting to that nice balance of grit and whatever else is in my throat. <laughs> Uh oh wait you're reading the next one wait I'm can you see this you can't yes. see these yeah we'll I got them in the doc here out. yeah uh good day gentle baggers <laughs> <laughs> I have been single about five years and during that time rediscovered my love of anime ooh, ooh, ooh. the lack of the ra- the lack of real women who are into me combined with the multitudes of virtual ladies who present an idealized version of a partner is starting to fuck with me. I'm now preferring to spend time with my virtual waifus rather than attempt to pursue 3D women. I still feel shame, so I know this is no way to live. How do I escape this mindset? Damn. Damn. I imagine part of this... Uh, I imagine part of this is, has got to be quarantine aspect. I was literally... Right? That's exactly where I was going to go. Like, I'm figuring this is probably fucking with your dating prospects, uh, and you've been like me at times throughout this uh, this past year and a half, where you just get stuck on the couch watching stuff for a few days, mm-hmm. and you come back to it, and you're like, oh, God. Whoa, Whoa. that, was, that <laughs> or, was an unacceptable period of time that I spent doing that. Lacking out in the booth in a bad way. Uh, <laughs> and so if that's the case... Like, I think part of that, too, is just kind of that disconnection from, like, social interaction, and we're going back to it, it starts feeling a bit overwhelming. Like, especially when you're kind of used to neatly defined characters, like, written, you know, to be a certain type of thing. Whereas real people, you know, can seem cool and have a sick mustache, but then end up on the couch for for three days. (laughs) We're a land of of nuances, and sometimes those can be off-putting and hard to deal with and hard to navigate. And sometimes to the extent that you're just like, this dating shit sucks. This is hopeless. Yeah. There's too many goddamn variables. Uh, give me my fucking body pillow. Mm-hmm. And uh, no yeah. no shame to you on that, but it does seem like that's not where you want to be at. Mm-hmm. And so let's get, you, let's get you some of these 3D ladies. Yeah. Uh, anime video games let's go <laughs> yeah yeah it's, uh just start watching 3d ones just start watching ones with like the cgi as opposed to like the drawn like the cel-shaded that's 3d right like you main... haka show was you you haka show like that i remember oh fucking no i thought i had like a memory now i'm thinking of code lyoko which i don't even know if that's oh, an yeah. anime and I, it was on cartoon network or something and i thought i remembered there being 3d and thinking 3D anime. Now that's that's a fucking combo. How about that? Uh, uh, what were we fucking Yeah. Uh, the point I wanted to hit, I hit this often. It is way more fun and feels much better to be in love than to date. Right? But you can't really find one without the other most of the time. So just bear in mind that there there are fruits. There will be like good things will come out of dating. You just have to be persistent. You have to keep at it because dating can fucking suck. You spend a whole bunch of fucking money to take somebody out to a place that like you like, but maybe they don't like it. And then the conversation's whack and then you go home all sad. Uh, And this happens maybe a half a dozen times and it's not any fucking fun sometimes, but sometimes you run into somebody and they're really 
like they're really about it. You know, you get to talking about like Marxist theory and they're like, oh, fucking tell me more. And you really connect on like a deeper level with somebody. Sometimes it happens. But you're not going to find it without getting out there. Um, so though dating is not as fun and doesn't feel as good as being in love, uh, that's how you're going to find it. So just, just fucking keep at it. And if this isn't, this isn't somewhere you want to be, then you don't have to be there. Um, like you can feel yourself sliding into something. You just have to like, Mm -hmm. when you recognize that slide is in progress, just do anything to snap yourself out of it. Just kind of like, uh, oh, I'm on my fifth episode of uh, Code Lyoko in a row right now. And, uh, you know, she's looking real good in that, I don't know what they wear, uh, teal jumpsuit. Just a guess. Uh, you know, just anything to snap yourself out of it, any way to kind of move beyond that. Just do anything. Right. To get that, get get a little momentum to to get out of the, the yeah. rut you're in. Another thing too is just like I kind of think if you go into the dating with more of the mindset of like I don't describe this without this sounding like really dickish. I'm trying to think of something better to compare it to. But like the gym. It's a bad yeah. time sometimes. Sometimes you don't want to fucking go. Sometimes it's painful and it's like, oh God. Uh and especially at the beginning when you're getting the fucking yeah. soreness and you're not used to it, and you're getting back into it. But as time goes on from doing that shit, you end up getting better at it and at a certain point you hit a point where it's like oh this is good you know i'm Mm. taking good things out of this i'm going to a date and i'm not like having any expectations and hey maybe we have a good conversation and nothing comes of it but hey that's good times and it's good i don't know practice of interacting with people if you want to look at it from like a a more kind of selfish aspect yeah it is a muscle Uh, it's a skill like dating well you're not gonna you know if you haven't dated very much you're not good at it when you first do it Oh, um, oh, I'm familiar. Oh, stop fucking tell me about it. It's I have these like weird stretches where like I don't date for a really fucking long time, and then I come back to it, and I'm like, how do I even speak to another human being? Um, yeah, you got to come back strong with fifty belly dancers. That's what you got to do. Come back <laughs> to the dating game, big style. Uh, you got entry music playing as you're walking into the date. Oh, our crowd's cheering. You sit down. Is, and you're is like, this an Aladdin going? reference? Is this how Aladdin dates? I was thinking of like a WrestleMania kind of thing mm. with like an entrance music I was and like a video about when, plan. I was thinking about when Prince Ali showed up in Agrabah with the fucking parade to oh. like introduce to like introduce himself to uh, Princess Jasmine. Parade would be good too. Mm. Parade would be good too. It shows self-confidence and that you have swaths upon swaths of noble followers uh who will support this potential relationship in any way you just say the fucking word we got we got the horde right here <laughs> god damn i got sidetracked no we didn't actually we covered we were covering the dating stuff and that mm-hmm. is that's basically the the thing here you kind of just gotta dip your toes in maybe do that people talk smack on the dating apps and like it's fair that can get real mm-hmm. grindy and kind of repetitive but that's and all that. that's dating curls that's five that's, pound dating yeah, curls that's a little that's a little toe dip in there you get some talks going a little easier than like just dropping yourself into a bar and not having dated forever and being like i'm gonna find so- how are you <laughs> <laughs> i'm dating again isn't that weird <laughs> I'm using that line. Dip the, dip the dip the toe in. Uh, th- that's my experience with it. I know some people not not so much with that, but if you got something similar, if I, doing the little texting, it's it's a little less intense uh, in terms of social stimuli. Right, first time around. Uh, but it, like, like we were saying, though, it sounds like you kind of know you're in a little bit of a rut here. You know, you're you're not loving where you're at, yeah. and that's that's kind of the first step here. Just don't don't beat yourself up about it. Just try to. As Arthur was saying before, just trying to do anything else. Yeah. Would it be would it be negative of me to say that the people who do like really fall into waifuism and things like that lack a level of like self awareness that maybe this person doesn't have? You know what I mean? There's like there's like no self consciousness around the idea of like oh yeah this is my saying. this is my waifu like yeah. This is what I do. I like, you know, uh, I don't date. I have a waifu, right? Right. 
it's I feel like there's a level of self awareness that's missing from people who live like that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a version uh, or ha just having trouble with social interaction way back when we were doing the coverage on like the waifu subreddit, basically of like the people talking about having a relationship with a fictional character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of folks in there were mentioning being on the spectrum and how, I don't know, but just that it works better for them. And I, I could, I can get that. No. Uh, but like you're saying, yeah, I don't think those people would be like, oh, no, I got to right. stop they're, doing this thing that's yeah. working for me. You know Exactly, exactly. So there, there is some level of awareness that it is not working for you and it's not what you want. Um, yeah. And so head, uh, on, head on down to Boogie Town. Get some, get some stuff going. If like a lot of this is just you're spending a lot of time watching anime, like more than you are, more than it's good, you're spending too much time maybe. Uh, I think even outside of like the direct, we're trying to help with dating thing. Again, what Arthur said, just picking up something else, picking up a project, as we've said throughout the past fucking year, uh, just something to put energy into to get yourself moving a little bit and kind of break out the break out of the cycle you're you're kind of stuck in right now. If you if you must choose a waifu, uh, go with the Firekeeper from Dark Souls Three. She's very cute. Strongly agree. She's got that cool uh, greasy blindfold. Yeah. Uh, Code Lyoko, unfortunately, a French animated television series wow. what the fuck what the french fuck? are at it again yeah yeah uh jeremy belpois a 12 year old prodigy okay <laughs> well if i had ever seen the show i probably could have put together the french angle <laughs> all right let's see what else we got in here to preface my boyfriend and i are in a very stable very positive relationship and i can say for sure that i love him Hmm. However, I don't think I've ever felt quote-unquote in love with him in terms of an intense chemical reaction in my brain that people write love songs about. I've approached our mentality with the mental or I've approached our relationship with the mentality of an arranged marriage, meaning I know he is good for me on paper and that long-term committed feelings a love will follow, and for the most part it has. But after watching too many romance movies, I am again left with the aching feeling that I want that intense feeling of being in love with someone. Should I break up with him to chase that high and perhaps true love? Or should I say knowing? Or should I stay knowing we are incredible partners and throwing away this wonderful, secure thing may be a mistake? What does being in love really feel like? Do you think it would be worth it? That there is so much here. There is so much to this question. Um, to address, let's talk about what it feels like first. That seems like a good place to start. What does being in love feel like? Uh, uh, kind of bad, like in a way, like kind of yeah. like really heavy. Like your fucking face gets all hot, and you get a weird feeling in the pit of your stomach, and you yeah. have this. For for me, a lot of it is like a fucking just a dull ache in my pit of my soul when I am not immediately with this person, when I am not entangled with this other person. I have this dull ache in the pit of my soul. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel more like the, the, the detachment. Like, I feel the distance between myself and them more than I can really recall the feelings of of attachment and closeness because that just that that shit just fucking blows me blows you away and i can't even remember it happening <laughs> i just know that it was like really good <laughs> blacking out from the good emotions let's yeah. go <laughs> let's go i think i experienced that pretty similarly to you mm -hmm. but i will say also like i've been in love a few times and i mm -hmm. feel like the the movie really over the top like description and like that oh my god like what you're talking about the uh like the pit in my stomach when i'm not with this person i find that associated more with like a particularly kind of toxic relationship i was in that was pretty codependent mm -hmm. but at the time i was like holy shit this it was that high feeling it was like this is what it's about you know you'd have yeah. the fucking low crash as a side of that but those highs were like this thing that I zeroed in on. And then that relationship ended, you know, fucking a long time ago. 
and going back into dating, I think I kind of got stuck in this period where I was hunting for that before I kind of mm. realized, like, I don't know if that's what love is. I think that might be more of like a, a high because I'm like addicted to this relationship and more of like a, I don't know, like a chemical sense than in a, uh, this just, is a positive thing. You just right? going to fucking come at me like that, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th I, th I do think that that's accurate. Yeah, well, at the at the one extreme, and then uh, you know I've had ones on the other hand where it's like, I guess this isn't situations where I'm in love with somebody, but it's like more this on paper thing, and I don't really get any of that feeling. I can think through this is this is good, all the things are here, this is benefiting yeah. me. It seems like, but there's nothing going on in there, and so it's just that I end up dropping out of that because you know I, I can yeah. recognize that. Well, that's not the love feeling I'm looking for. Yeah. I, and so I'm kind of trying to zero in on like what exactly they would call it. And I know this is different for every person too, but like I found in the healthier relationships I was in, I'd get that feeling. And when I was apart from like, I'd fucking miss the person quite a lot. And sometimes it really get to me, but it wasn't that same, like, oh, I'm going to die yeah. without this person, <laughs> sure. you know? Cause I think that sure. might be bad. <laughs> it could be bad though. I think that some of this, like the way you described it, like, this is mutually beneficial to me. Like that's yeah. sort of like transactional, like, well, you know, to get, like if we put our finances together, we can afford like a better apartment together. Right. That shit feels like some capitalist fucking nonsense and feels like it's not, I, I feel like maybe that's negative in the other direction. Maybe that's too <laughs> codified. So th there has to, there has to be like a balance struck between this. And if you, if, like you say that it's working for you, right? Like you say that you feel happy and fulfilled in this relationship, but you never had like the butterflies. Uh, I think some people are oriented towards that level of like, Oh my God, I'm going to die without you. And they, mm -hmm. they like require that to feel like they're in love. And some people don't necessarily need that. So if you are in a place where you feel happy and fulfilled and everything's working out, um, don't think yourself into not being happy and fulfilled. Like, don't overthink it. Yeah. And don't don't harm that situation. Um, like, I That's wouldn't. That's a good point. Yeah, I wouldn't say to like bounce on this guy. Um, and I, like keep that keep the expectations around the way love feels realistic. Um, cause I described some shit that, yeah, like you mentioned, probably not super healthy, but that's just where I've been with, uh, with a lot of my relationships and the way that I felt about uh, sure. people. And I mean, there's a gradient in between those yeah. things. And I think there's, you know, maybe for you, that was on a healthy level and that's like, we're kind of, you're oriented where it's good. Mm -hmm. Whereas I had gone too far in one direction. I think I'm trying to zero in on kind of this sure. middle point between the things I have an anxious attachment style, I think, is another part of it. Like, I've done, like, the all the quizzes and shit about your attachment uh, yeah. uh, orientation. I have, uh, what is it? Oh, I can't remember. Anxious something. Like, there's two words to describe it, but it's anxious. I got a Velcro attachment style. Oh, no, we're breaking up. And now I got all this fucking pet hair lodged in my half of the Velcro. I got the hooks. <laughs> You think you love the hooks, but you don't. You really don't when you start getting stuff caught in there. Um, what you rack. were saying about not overthinking it, I think, is also an important point here. Because, like, it, I don't know. It's important to evaluate this stuff. It's important to be like, "Am I happy in this situation? Like, are things good?" Uh -huh. But it's this—it's the same fucking gradient kind of thing. If you go too uh -huh. far into that, you might talk yourself out of this good situation. Or like just the act of putting so much energy and thinking so much about that might fuck things up and make you not feel good. And that could cause problems and, you know, lead you out of it from from a different route. Right. Uh, you know, but also obviously you can't, you're having kind of this impulse here. I think it's worth checking in on. Just certainly shouldn't be like, everything's great on paper. Forget right. about this, you know? Sure, sure. But like zeroing in on where that kind of like healthy level of self-reflection and like evaluating is, that's kind of like a hard thing to do. And there's, yeah. I can't really say much else other than like, but where the kind of extremes of how you could deal with it and try to like, I don't know, kind of assess things without, uh, uh, without fixating on them, without, yeah. without putting too much energy into this. Like if every single day you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's probably not good. That's something to consider, yeah. It could also indicate maybe there is something wrong. Maybe, you know, you do want to get out of this. But, uh, again, I just, 
I keep doing this too. Put things in context also of how you're feeling and what the, have you been stuck inside for a year and a half? Like maybe that is <laughs> the dynamic to add. Have you been completely socially isolated from everybody for a year and a half? Maybe. Cause uh, especially if y'all were, if y'all were living together, I could see how that might make things ugly. And uh, you know, maybe it brought you learned some truth about it, or maybe it's just like, if that's not great for it, you need a little time apart and things would, would end up being okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I hope you, I hope we helped in some way of, of thinking through this. Yeah. Practical uh, advice here. Uh, take a weekend trip away, like by your lonesome, like find some way to get out of town for just a little mm-hmm. while, just by yourself and see if you find yourself feeling like you lost a limb in a way, you know what I mean? Like if you spend a whole, if you if you're all the time together uh, and you lean on this person, if you feel like you're not whole in a way, like, I don't know, that's not a great way to conceptualize it. But like, if you're, if you feel like you're missing something when they're not around, then that yeah. means good things for your relationship. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. yeah. And you might like just getting out of the situation for a second, just kind of gives you some context and maybe yeah. that feeling like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. There's so many good things about this person I've been overlooked because we've been stuck inside and like he chews his toenails or something. <laughs> it's been very off-putting. Uh, well, so good good luck with this. I imagine yep. this is a situation that a lot of folks are going through mm-hmm. right about now. Uh, and I, I wish everybody the best with it because it's a fucking hard thing to pick apart. And like, am I yeah. even picking it apart in a healthy way, you know, kind of thing? Gently checking in with yourself is the is the phrasing I would use for what we should be doing here. Yep. I think it's just evaluating, but you're not you're not picking at yourself, you're not shaming yourself, you're not going into a spiral about it. Easier said than done, but we fucking wish yep. you luck. Best of luck. All right, well. Uh on to uh a little more serious one. Hey, babes, I'm just going to jump right in. But first, y'all should mention a trigger warning for sexual assault. Let's pay, take Let's take a beat there, actually. I don't think we've we've had one where we've given a trigger warning before. Maybe we just get a little pause in case folks want to skip ahead or something. Advance the episode to 41 minutes, 32 seconds to avoid mention of sexual assault. Recently, an old fling has been trying to reenter my life and I'm considering letting them. However, I remember this person saying to me that they were once accused of sexual assault. I thought nothing of it at the time. They explained it was a misunderstanding and nothing came from it. I saw they had friends, were kind towards me, so I thought this person was okay. For context, I was taken advantage of sexually myself and am currently coming to terms with forgiving the person who took advantage of me. I don't view them as a bad person, just someone who slipped, and I know they'll never do it again. Plus, in conversation with my leftist friends, I've been taught that holding people accountable for their actions also means allowing them to move on and granting them forgiveness, rather than becoming convinced they'll do it again and ostracizing them completely. I hope that makes sense, says question asker. Back to my question. Part of me thinks that this old fling might be part of my healing process? That if I can be friends with this old fling, despite knowing whether or not, despite knowing whether or not his allegation is true that it could feel like I'm forgiving the person who took advantage of me. And part of me thinks it'll just resurface shit. What do y'all think? Oh, that's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause on one hand, I, I agree that kind of the, the mentality of forgiving people and allowing people to change and do better. I think that's, I think that's good. Uh, and I think that's a good impulse there. Uh, but the, with, what concerns me here, though, is kind of like you you phrasing it as, as this might be part of your healing process. And, and mm-hmm. that worries me because, like you said, I, I don't know. You don't know the full story with this person, it sounds like. Uh, and... You know, he, he, recovering from something like this, healing from from being assaulted is fucking tough. Like that's a that's a lot to get through, and I feel like, you know, it, making it kind of contingent on this friendship with this person, like making that such an element of it, 
that just concerns me because it's like, you know, what if they are actually, you know, out and they do something again, or they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, really not a great person or something. And then that comes back and you're like, oh God, but like, I forgave this person. Do you see what I'm getting at? Like, I feel like just you're putting some weight uh, on this person, not like foisting it on them or something, but like part of how you're kind of processing your recovery here uh, is contingent kind of on how this goes to some extent. And that, I don't know, that just just seems a little troubling to me. That that seems like it could not play out well. Um, Yeah. But I haven't had this exact experience, so I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to get into that here, but I would want to know the specifics of the allegation before I really said a whole lot about the specifics of letting this person in. Right. Right. Um, I, I've had a number of instances of sexual assault, uh, to people that I know. And I never went through the process of letting them back in or giving them any level of forgiveness or anything. I just cut those people completely out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's worked for me in the past. I don't know that it's necessarily the healthiest. There are there are still there are people on this planet who live in you know the same state as me where it's fucking on site. Like if they try to, you know, Hey, how's it going? It's on site. Uh, And that's not a healthy way to live. Like, I don't feel like that's necessarily a good thing that I'm ready to like throw down with somebody in a, in any given moment. Uh, So forgiveness would probably be the healthier option there. But some of the shit that these fucking people did, like you feel like there's got to be consequences, but then you can't you can't rely on the law for things like this. Uh, right. And so there, it feels like the only the only recourse that I feel is ostracization is just like removing them from your social circle and preventing them from having fulfilling friendships elsewhere. Um, so. I would want to know exactly what is known about this and then make my decision based on that. I'm totally with you that the contingence that making your health contingent on whether or not this person turns out to be like a piece of shit. So it like, that's not great. That's, I don't think that's going to turn out well. Um, if they turn out to, if they do turn out to be bad. Right. Right. Um, I also just the idea of using a arrangement or a situation or a relationship with one person to deal with an issue that you had with another person feels unhealthy to me too. Like you're using them as a proxy right, uh, for your healing process. That feels problematic to me. So my, my thought, what I would do in this situation is avoid them and not let them back in and close myself off uh, to protect myself. Am I always uh, making the healthiest decision in these areas? Perhaps not, uh, but that's what's worked for me. So I think you have to dig deep and think about what works best for you and what you feel most comfortable with. If you do feel like you could let this person back in and that could be good, or maybe like let them in, but keep like a, like a distance from them, uh, like whatever you have to do to be healthy, you do that. Um, and, right. and think about it in terms of what's best for you. Um, right. Always keep an eye on, on that. And and I think that impulse for forgiveness and trying to work towards that is like a really fucking brave thing to do. And I think mm-hmm. that's a positive thing. Uh, but I guess the distinction we're kind of drawing here is the focus on the specific individual it's kind of like a proxy. I think is a good word used for that. And uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think like, and maybe this, you know, connecting with this person, maybe a friendship comes out of it. Maybe they've changed, and then that could be a positive thing. But I think doing it for the explicit purpose of like, through forgiving this person, I'm kind of contributing to healing from this past situation with a with another person. Yeah, that just. 
I, I'm I'm in the same boat. That just doesn't seem like a good a good way to frame it necessarily. The yeah. impulse is good, and I think proactively like working on kind of the healing and and uh, and and all of that is is a positive. But yeah, maybe maybe just too much focus on on an individual here in a in a yeah. way that might not be good. I'd say too, I don't always the fucking caveat in this country. If you have access to a therapist, if you're able to mm-hmm. see somebody, or if you already are, this would be a really good thing, I think, to bring up with somebody like that. Uh as much as I appreciate you asking us the question, I, I hope we offered some kind of advice with it. Yeah. Uh, that's a that is a really tough situation, you know? Yeah. And again, fucking good on you for for being so brave and and, and strong that you're, you know, working towards your healing like this. Yeah. Uh, so we wish you the best with it, but I, I kind of, I would want to consult folks who know more about the situation or, or, you know, a professionally trained person who's got kind of yeah. experience with this kind of situation. Uh, speak with the person who made the allegation. Um, and I think you, and I think you'll get a lot That's of the information point. that you need, uh, from that person. That's a good point too. Yeah. Hmm. Well, good luck with this. We, yeah. we wish you the best with it and, and the best with your healing process, too. All right. If you are coming back to the timestamp, this is where we're setting it. Trigger warning zone has passed. Uh, we enter into a new question. My partner and I talked about opening up our relationship about two years ago, and then we broke up briefly and got back together. Things have been great since then, but now it feels like there's never a right time to put that option back on the table. What do I do? It has to be organic. You cannot just be like, hey, babe, everything's going really well. Everything's great between us. What if we fucked around with other people out of the blue? It has to be there has to be like a like a conversation around it. And you have to come to it. Like I said, organically, you have to. You can't force that at all. That has to be the kind of thing that just like appears. For sure. How, how do you do that if you if you did the open thing though? And then you got back together. Did they well, do no, the open thing? They did the opening thing about two years ago. Then they broke up briefly and got back together. No, they talked about opening their relationship uh, up two years oh, ago. Talked. I don't think they. I don't think they ever did it. Talked. There's one of those weird blue squigglies on the dock mm, under that mm-hmm. word, and those always throw me for some reason. I don't <laughs> fucking know what that means. Get the okay, fuck so, out of here. Well, okay. So you guys talked about it, and it would depend on how receptive they were the first time around. If they, if like y'all were like making dating prof, like a joint dating profile on OKCupid and fucking getting ready to rock and roll, then I'd say it's pretty safe to bring it back up. Um, if it was just kind of like a, I don't know if you want to do it, let's do it. Um, that's like rarely a good way to go about it anyway. Um, yeah. Gauge, gauge whether or not you bring it up now by how into it y'all were the first time around. I feel that, uh, I'd also just kind of wonder if there was a connection between these things. Like you're saying, yeah. was, was the partner maybe not as much into this? Um, you know, cause kind of, Okay, again, they just talked about it for two years ago. Broke broke up briefly, got back together. Things are good now. Uh, the other thing is just kind of like, this, it, it just sounds like monogamy might not be for this person. That's possible. Uh, yeah. Without, you know, I feel like I'm sort of monopolizing the question, but um, the way uh, both Louisa and Jake, uh, Louisa uh, Diaz and Jake Flores, friends of the show, have talked about uh, their relationship to non-monogamy uh, feels different than maybe the conceptualization that I'm presented with here. Cause the idea of quote, right. opening a relationship versus being a freewheeling, complete adult who has uh, sexual relationships with multiple, also freewheeling, complete adults. Right. Uh, it does feel different. So like evaluate your reasons for wanting to do an open relationship. If it is sort of like a, an anarchic, like we're going to change the way relationships dynamics work because that's works better for me versus I want to have sex with different people. Right. Also just like, again, where the partner's head at is at with this. Mm-hmm. Cause the other thing, like what they, what uh, Louise and Jake were talking about, 
in that uh, episode I recommended of Why Are You Mad with uh, with Brett on it. They were talking about the solo poly, which mm-hmm. is that where you're more you're an individual. You're going to kind of see people sometimes, but there is no like kind of committed or lives are not tied together. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this seems like it'd be more of like you're in this monogamous thing, but you want this to be a poly thing. The relationship is good. But. I, OK, either they're you want more sexual partners or other romantic partners, wh- whatever that looks like there. Uh, I guess just like I, I'm kind of want to take a step back and be like, where. What like what does kind of your ideal situation look like mm-hmm. here, you know, and and you know is this, is is this coming from a place of like there's stuff missing here that I feel like could be fulfilled elsewhere, uh, or in in a poly relationship, uh, if it's in like a romantic sense, um, but yeah, that's it, it. It's tough though, because like that's if you figure out okay, that's what I want. I want to do this poly thing, but your partner is not fully there. You've had this you know, multi-year long monogamous relationship. Like, unless you are both in that same place, it's re- it's going to be hard to kind of pull somebody along for the ride. You can't like talk your partner into doing this if, if their heart's not in. And I think that typically is not going to go very well. Yeah. Um, I think it really is just that hard conversation. And you got to kind of make that personal value judgment of like, what is more important here, this specific relationship with this person or this structure that I feel like would be more fulfilling. Uh, yeah. And if those if those things can't go together, if the partner's not down for it, you you got to just end it fully, and and figure that out elsewhere. That what you said uh, really resonates with me um, about the structural, like the uh, being attracted to the structural elements of it, and like what it can give you, rather than the nitty gritty, like the getting into the fucking, for example, right? <laughs> so like being more into what what it can offer you outside of sex. So I'm kind of tied up. Like it's, it seems to me, this might be, this might be unfair. It seems to me the question asker is like open our relationship in the sense of, I want to have sex with more people and whether or not that can be achieved with this partner. uh, I don't know. I don't know where I am. It's really going to depend on them. And, and listener, it kind of comes down to the details with that and how that conversation went. You had, yeah. you know, that long ago and where y'all are both at now. Because, uh, you know, I don't know if the, if the partner is on this track. Like, oh, things are great. Like, we're going to get a house, have 2.5 kids and a dog mm-hmm. and do that whole thing. You know, that's clearly pretty incompatible. I don't think you're going to drag somebody from kind of that uh, into, you know, if it's a poly situation, you're looking for it for, for that. Uh you got to have that heavy talk. You got to do that deep evaluation of, of, you know, what's important. But if this monogamous structure just ultimately isn't working for you and this person's not down to do something yeah. else, you kind of got to find, you got to find a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. Good luck with that, it though. That answer. <laughs> another, another situation of, of navigating like pretty nebulous feelings where you have to like, you can't try too hard to figure out where you are. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. uh, it's so hard to like check in with yourself without over committing and like overthinking. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, it's like a quantum superposition. As soon as you observe <laughs> the feeling, it like changes. The act of observing the feeling changes it. That's actually really apt. Yeah, <laughs> true as fuck. Yeah, we don't have anxiety. We just got quantum feelings. <laughs> I like that. Some version of quantum feelings is going to be episode title. Yep. Number 159, Quantum Feelings. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling quantum feelings because uh, I'm getting this better momentum going today. I'm feeling pretty quantum at the moment. Let's get one more in here. Hey, cuties. Oh, hi. Hello. I've been listening to some older episodes, and a question about cracking your dick from episode 141 caused me to remember something I haven't thought about in years. In my early 20s, my best friend was dating a guy that cracked his dick. He was taking some kind of penis enlargement supplement, and part of the instructions were to twice twice a day he had to crack his dick so that it would help it grow. She had told me his dick was pretty big, so who knows? Love, love, love the show. Please do it forever. Can do. With our quantum feelings, we've achieved immortality. Let's fucking go. Episode 8 billion something or other. Ah. Uh, the birth, we're on this scorched planet 
uh, what pile of ash would be best for a date, mayhaps? We're floating prefer, that space somewhere. I prefer the pile of ash in the disputed zone. <laughs> That's a good one. Don't let that get out, though. We can't have, can't have too many people on that, on that good ash. going to the disputed zone ash pile. Fuck! <laughs> Edit it out! Edit it out! <laughs> This is uh, interesting. I've yeah. never experienced a dick crack, luckily, because it sounds frightening. My, sounds my, fucking my terrifying. stuff is retracting a little bit when I think about it. It's just like a uh, This is interesting, though, that like with the enlargement supplement instructions, which is, always, shit. Which is always some crank shit. Uh, no offense to you, list or anything, but I, I think this person probably just had a big dick and then he was taking the dick pills. I don't yeah. I don't know if eating pills and cracking your penis could actually make a grow. I think we would know. Yes, if making if you could make your penis grow from just one simple trick that doctors hate, <laughs> everyone would be doing it. Everybody would be doing it. It's true. It's true. Uh, but I, I, they'd be I've teaching never... it in school, like you could, like learn about it. <laughs> Like it's part fucking, of sex ed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, tomorrow's dick enlargement day. Whoa. <laughs> We're gonna learn how to crack our dicks until they're ten feet long. <laughs> I saw I saw an ad the other day on a pornographic website that was one of those uh, one weird trick to increase the size of your dick. And it was an illustration of somebody pouring apple cider vinegar on their penis. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think that works. <laughs> There's so many of those doctors hate this ads where it's just a, a bottle of apple cider vinegar somewhere it shouldn't be. Like up their like, ass. Oh, look at it. Do- doctors don't want you to do this because it's very stinky and you will get flies all over you. <laughs> I do like that this incorporates like an actual weird trick, though. Like this is at least a little more credible right. than to just eat the pill. That's not a trick. That's just eating a pill. But cracking your dick is is indeed a weird trick. That is truly a weird trick. Uh, and so maybe like the other ones have just been doing it wrong, and this was the solution all along. You know, the weird trick was the text was right in front of us, but we never knew what it meant to do a weird trick. Uh, so I, I choose to believe that maybe there is some efficacy to this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like. We talked about when we talked about this before. I think it was somebody's dick cracking while they were having sex. I'm that curious, right? What what do you do to crack your own? Is it like a glow stick? <laughs> I it's got to be. We've we've talked about this before. I think it's a tendon further back that holds. The, so like you got you got the penis right. You're familiar. You got with the that. rigging. Yes, it's the rigging that holds it up, right? Oh, vasty, hoist the main mast. Pirate <laughs> dick jokes for some reason. Hoist that. Hoist that dick. <laughs> hoist it up. Did you uh, hear the episode where I said that uh, somebody was hoisting the crimson colors when they were putting up yes. red flags? Oh, that's yeah. good. We got to bring that one back. That's a that's a that's a solid line. That's an evergreen. Yar. If you're out there and you're you're hearing this and you're like just cracking away on your dick, you're just like this is no, this is fucking easy. Let's Can know. you tell us how people do this? I Although maybe not, because I'm going to try it then, and I don't I don't want to try it. But if presented with the process, I'm probably going to try it. Yeah. Maybe don't send it. Don't send if it. If you if you can allude allude to it, it's like you can't make a tutorial on making meth or whatever, but you could make a tutorial on like. Cooking with some weird chemicals and shit. <laughs> right? Like, just be vague yeah. about it. <laughs> um, it's like those videos or the, like, it's like a meme where it's a picture of somebody, like, holding their thumb like that. And then it's like how to break your yeah, tendon. Fuck that. It fuck makes that. me, every time I see it, I'm like, I put my hand like that and I fucking Don't think it. about it. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. <laughs> Like holding the the fucking like twin joysticks in like a in a plane or something yeah. like a fighter jet like you shouldn't fire these rockets but I'm holding them the buttons are right there in front of my thumbs I'm gonna Go fire on. the rockets <laughs> I gotta fire the rockets and then you snap the whole fucking tenant yeah I know exactly what you're talking about I think I was yeah. thinking about that last night because I do like a little knuckle crack like this mm-hmm. and then I'm worried I'm gonna like tilt the wrist and it's just gonna pop all over the place. 
loose tendon cords hanging out of my fucking wrist. It's going to be a pain in the ass to untangle those. You think headphones are bad? <laughs> Wait until you try to crack your thumb in this with this one weird trick. <laughs> you ended up with one weird tendon. Am I right, folks? <laughs> what if it was five weird tricks that you had to do every day? That's more of a pain in the ass. That's more, that's more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> Does the order of the tricks matter? <laughs> are these like distinct tricks or is this like a process with steps or are they yeah, contingent on one? Five step trick. Five step trick. Step one. <laughs> step one. Get, answer that weird fucking email in the spam folder. Step two. Give them your address. <laughs> That's a weird trick. It's a pretty weird trick. Oh, man. Uh, good fucking times. Uh, I think we're coming up on an end here. Yeah, we made it. We did it. Uh, Arthur live from from the remote studio. Yeah, uh, in uh, my friend's bedroom where she's uh, I don't know what the fuck she's doing. I heard her. I think she's on the phone with somebody. I think I ever heard her earlier. She's just scrounging around. She's scrounging. <laughs> she's just rustling. <laughs> So Russell scrounge, uh, root, root around in. Mm-hmm. I like all of these terms because it brings to my mind, and it's not an image because I think I've said before, I'm not very good at visualizing things, sure. but I get this very visceral sensation of just like digging in the dirt. I'm just oh, fucking like a, like a cat scratching a post or something or a dog digging up something. I'm just digging the scrounging around and i'm like i want to scrounge that's that's like a fun feeling uh, what can i find me son to scrounge folks there there is a game called wasteland 3 and i imagine this extends to the entire wasteland series but um when you go up to a shopkeeper they will sometimes say uh looking for some scrounge Ooh! and uh i played through this with friend of the show daddy and uh every time we talked about that uh, I was always like, scrounge means pussy. <laughs> <laughs> scrounge me up. <laughs> scrounge me down. Welcome to Scrounge Town. Looking for some scrounge. <laughs> Looking for some scrounge. Yanking the crusty vocal cord to the maximum. Oh, man, we're in the scrounge zone. We call it the scrounge cord. Uh, rare abnormality that uh, develops in some you know, particularly talented podcasters, uh, you know, if they happen to have a couple great cousins who had sex with each other, you know, it's just how that works. That's just science, baby. <laughs> this is an educational show. I'm reading the dinosaur book. Trust me. Trust me. When I say that our intro song is the song hanging on by the band Knower and that you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. Uh, and do trust me also. Or don't? Whoa! Uh, the outro music might be the song Stephanie by the Hey Fellows. And mayhaps, if you went on to Spotify, you can find them by searching those three words. No particular order. Who who knows about that part? Oh, or on Instagram, uh, at the Hey Fellows. If you give us $10 a month, we're going to say your motherfucking name. We're going to say a name like Spreadable Fruit. Uh, we're gonna say a name like my dad. We could say a name like Rich Homie Barb. We could say uh, a name like Abigail, who, despite us breaking up, is is still a supporter of the program, and I That's love really her very sweet. much. Even though this shit sucks, there she's a fantastic person, and a big shout out. Uh, did you do Daddy? Big the shout other out to dad. big shout out to our other dad. Uh, oh, and I get to do it this time. Uh-huh. Rich homie, click clack. Isn't that fun? Uh, our good friend Ryan, thanks for supporting the show. That Hit is, it one more time. It. That, that's such a good button. Hit it one more time. God, hey, doesn't that feel uh, good? Arthur, have I showed you this one weird trick I can do with my penis? <laughs> check, the, check this out. Oh, 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 God, I fucked it up. Too weird. Too weird. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. oh, the fucking rules. Um, so I'm a little peek behind the curtain. I don't have a microphone in front of me. I'm doing this with like a headphone mic, right? So I think. What the fuck? If I, if I, now you're just pressing buttons. 
I get right up here on this mic. <laughs> I'm gonna say I love you, thanks, bye. Andy's eating the side of the headphones cable, the earbud that has a little mic on it. He, he ate it, folks. That is the final weird <laughs> trick of them all. Goodbye. Love you.